Let's get into our passage. Turn, turn to, to uh, Luke chapter 16. And as you're turning there, um, I'm guessing you guys are all familiar with uh, Humpty Dumpty. You guys know Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. All right. Now, now as, as you think about that nursery rhyme, I, I got a couple of questions. One, what, what exactly was Humpty Dumpty in your mind? An egg? Just an egg? Egg with legs? Okay. Yeah, was he a person? Like he had personality and other eggs liked him. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so he's like this egg person, and uh, when he fell over, okay, and whatever happened, you know, what came out? You know, did, did the yolk start spilling? I mean, think these things through. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and then when they tried to put him back together again, how were they trying, how do you, what do you picture in mind as to how those people were trying to put him back together again? Yeah, he was all cracked. You know a lot about him. <laughs> you just kind of, you just try to glue him or tape him or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And then um, maybe spray paint him afterwards so you can't see all the blemishes. But, uh, but here's, another, here's a, the most important question, I think. What were the horses doing? Okay, because according to the rhyme, all the king's horses and all the king's men try to put him back together. I mean, your head, just try to picture, okay, what would the horses be doing to help put together this egg man? <laughs> okay, I'm saying this. There's a reason behind this. The point is, is okay, I, I think I'm overanalyzing Humpty Dumpty, right? Okay, it was just meant to be a rhyme, okay? Wall and fall rhymed, and you know, and, and so we just made this egg thing. You know, it just, we had to put the horses in there just for the timing of the, you know, of the sentence. You know, it, that, that's just all it is. It's just a silly little nursery rhyme, and if you look too deeply into it, you know, you, you miss the point. Okay, in Luke chapter 16, we have a parable, okay? Understand with a parable, a parable is a story. A parable is a story. It's, it's told for the sake of analogy. Uh, Jesus would do this often. He would tell a story that was very simple, a simple story with a simple meaning. And the whole point of that meaning is it would help you relate to a deeper spiritual truth. Now, the problem comes when we take parables and try to read too much into them. And we want to know every single detail when that wasn't the point of it. You know, yeah, any analogy taken too far is going to break down, right? Because no two things on earth are exactly alike. And so the whole idea of a, of a parable is you go, okay, what was this story? What's the a, what's a general meaning? What's the simple meaning, the obvious truth of this parable? And Jesus explains the meaning and the point he was trying to make. Now, if we take Luke 16 and we start trying to figure out every single detail to this parable or any other parable, we're going to drive ourselves crazy because that is not the point. You know, we got to get the most important point. And I bring this up because Luke 16, for a lot of people, is, is, a, is a parable they don't like. They, they, don't, uh, they just say it's too difficult to interpret. In fact, I talked to a couple pastors this week because I was going to preach this this weekend. And I asked them, I said, hey, what do you do with Luke chapter 16? And you know what both pastors said? I avoid it. <laughs> 
you know, because they, you know, there's just too many issues, too much this or that. And, and, and yet the truth is, is I really like this passage. Okay, the more I studied this passage this week, the more I just love this passage. I mean, it is a great, great story that Jesus tells with such an important meaning. I mean, it's, it's fast becoming one of my favorite passages. I mean, I like it that much. It's a great story, okay? Here, Luke chapter 16, read, read along with me. Jesus tells his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be my manager any longer. The manager said to himself, Ooh, what should I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each of his master's debtors. And he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 400. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Okay, it's really a simple story. Okay, did you get the gist of the story? You have a really rich guy. He had a rich guy, and he hired, he has this manager. You know, that's what rich people have. They got managers to do all the work. And so he gets this manager who's going to manage all his money, all his assets, all this and that. And, uh, and he finds out that this, this manager isn't doing a good job, so he's going to fire him. The manager catches wind of this and just thinks to himself, I'm going to be fired. And he thinks, what am I going to do? I didn't think about this. What am I going to do? He goes, I'm not, I don't want to go back to manual labor. He says, I'm not strong enough to dig. He goes, I'm ashamed. I don't want to go out begging and asking for money to stay alive. So then it says, he goes, I know what I'll do. And actually that phrase in the Greek, it's the whole idea of it's almost like a light came on. It's like, oh, this is what I'll do. I got it. And he starts calling in people who owe his master money or, or, or possessions, whatever it is. He calls the first guy in. He goes, hey, how much do you owe my master? And he goes, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. He goes, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Cut that in half. Look, I'll sign off. You only owe 400 now. And the guy's going, no way. You can just cut. Yeah, I did it. You know, probably hugs him. He goes away. Next guy, how much you owe? 1,000 bushels of wheat. He goes, cut it. Make it 800. The guy's going, are you serious? 800? Okay, all right. You know, let me sign off. Okay, good, good, good. And, and he does this because he's thinking, okay, now these guys owe me. You know, so once I get fired, I'll just go to them. This guy, you know, I'm set up. You know, I'll get some kickback here for what I just did for them. And so then the, the master finds out about this, and he actually commends the guy and goes, you know, that was actually really smart. That was really wise of you. You knew you were going to lose your job, and so you set yourself up, didn't you? And you let these people have a break on what they owed me. And he goes, you know, I've got to hand it to you. That was, that was very shrewd. Um, and actually, that word shrewd is not a bad word. 
Okay, you gotta understand that because that's where some of this confusion comes in. In fact, it's the exact same word that Jesus uses when he tells his disciples, I want you to be as shrewd as serpents, yet as harmless as doves. You know, some, some Bibles say as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. We're called to be wise. We're called to be shrewd. We're cause, you know, called to use our God-given wisdom and cleverness and intelligence to do the things that we do. And, and what Jesus says is he uses this parable and he says, you know, that guy, that manager within the world system, and, and when he says people of this world, the actual words are the people of this age or this time period. The whole idea is it's a person that is only thinking about life on earth, this age on earth, this lifetime. He's not thinking about heaven. He's just thinking about earth. He says, actually, that manager for being a worldly person was very wise. He was thinking about setting himself up on this earth. Not that it was the right thing to do. He calls him a dishonest manager. But it was a wise thing to do, given that world system of this is all there is. He goes, in fact, people of this age are wiser. They are more shrewd than the people of the light. The people of the light are many of us who have been enlightened and realized, you know what? It's not all about just having a blast here on this earth. There's another life to come. We're not just of this age, the people of this age. We're the people of the age to come. And we think about the future. And yet Jesus says, you know what, though? The people of the future, the people of the light, the believers, a lot of times are stupid. I mean, that's, that's just what it comes down to. We are not as smart, we are not as wise, we are not as shrewd as the people of this world. Jesus says it right there. They are not as shrewd. And, and the whole point is... Um, We're not thinking about setting ourselves up. See, that manager, he knew. He thought, I'm not going to have my job very much longer. I better do something so I secure my future. The whole point is, listen, you're not going to be on this earth forever. Okay, You're fired. It's just a matter of time when you're going to be leaving this earth. And have you really thought through your future and set yourself up so that once you're done, you know, it says, you know, when that, that money runs out or when it is gone, actually the word there is, is to die. So it could refer to the money dying out or it could refer to the person. Either way, same thing. So that when your life is over or your, your money, you know, this earthly age is over with, do you have eternal dwellings in heaven? Are you set up in heaven? So you see, the, the idea is you've got this... Um, You've got this guy who knows, man, I don't have a lot of time. And, and it's almost like a state of panic. There's urgency. He's going, man, I got to do something. Or my future is dust. And he's saying that's the mentality that if people of the light had the same wisdom, they would be thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be alive on earth tomorrow. My job on earth could be done today. And have I stocked away enough? And have, have I used, the Bible says there, to use your worldly possessions. Use your worldly possessions to make friends for yourself so that you're set up in heaven. This whole idea is just like that, that, that manager used whatever power you know, and, and, and uh, resources he had while he had that job. He used it to set himself up for his life after his job. He says, in the same way, we should use whatever power, whatever worldly wisdom, this, this worthless, he calls it, uh, the literal word is um, uh, unrighteous mammon. 
You know, there's just this unrighteous money stuff that's of this world. He goes, use that to set yourself up so that you are welcomed with eternal dwellings. That's the point of the parable. And when's the last time you acted like that manager, realizing, I don't have forever here. My job's just about done. I better get ready for the next life. I better start setting myself up there and using my power, using my resources so that I'll be set up in the next life. And um, Jesus clarifies this even more in the, in the next verse, verse 10. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Okay, this is, this is so important, you guys. Okay, these three verses, this is really summarizing what Jesus is trying to teach in this parable. And you got to get this. Okay? You got to. You have to. This, I've been praying all week that everyone that listens to this message this weekend will understand these verses. Okay, it's imperative. He, he is saying that the first is, is very obvious, verse, verse 10. He says, you know, whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much, right? It's like when you work a job. You know, if you're working a job, you know, and your boss sees, oh, you're doing a good job in that lesser position, then he may be apt to bring you to a better position, right? He trusted you with a little, and he's like, oh, he's trustworthy. He did a good job. I'm going to move him up. But what if that guy's not doing a good job? What if you're not doing a good job in that position? Is he really going to move you up? No, because you can't even handle the little things. How am I going to give you more? Okay, anyone who's, who's ever been a manager or, or a leader of other people, you, you do the same thing. You go, well, how's that guy doing in his position? If someone excels, doing a great job, it's like, yeah, let's move him up. We could use him in this position. It's just a simple fact of life that Jesus is saying, if I can trust someone with a little, then I'll trust him with more. But if he's dishonest with a little, if he's not doing good with the very little, and keyword, very little, then he's not going to do good with, with a lot. And, and he says, so if you haven't been trustworthy handling worldly wealth, see, the worldly wealth is the very little that he's talking about. He says, then how, then who will trust you with true riches? Okay, very important there. He contrasts worldly wealth. That's all the things in the world. Every commercial you see, everything you see, you know, as you walk outside, all this stuff that, that people long for, he compares that with the very little. And he says, if you can't even handle money, how am I going to trust you with true riches? Do you really look at the things of this world as very little it's just a little car. It's just a little house. It's just, it's just, it's just a little million dollars. You know, it's just a little lottery. You know? I mean, do you really look at earthly things? God says in comparison to true riches in heaven, there's a big difference there. Not to change the subject, but how many of you like Krispy Kreme donuts? Okay, all right. I mean, you know, some people are like crazy about them. Okay, the majority of you like them. Okay, um, 
what I have under my sheet here is uh, I have some Krispy Kreme donuts and a microwave because they're only really, I, I think the only thing that makes them really good is when they're warm. And so, uh, I'm gonna heat up a donut. Now, here's the thing. Oh, it's gonna be good. And these are all good. I didn't do anything weird to them. Okay, they're just, just good donuts. Now, how many of you, as I'm heating this up, you think to yourself, you know, I'd actually like to have that donut and eat it right now. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, a few of you. Okay, and then here's, uh, here's another question for you. I'm gonna use another five seconds. I want it perfect, you know where it's just like, it's a little bit too hot to, uh, to eat, but it's, yeah, it's just perfect. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, here it is. Now, how many of you say, you know, I would want that donut so much that I'd be willing to even walk up onto the stage in front of everyone <laughs> and take it? How, who, who, would, who would be willing to do that? Is that it? Seriously, who would walk up here and take my donut. You do that? All right, come on up. Let me just go around and... Yeah, and you can seriously eat it and... See, it wasn't that hard. You just walk up here, take the donut, and walk back to your seat. Oh, but wait, wait a second. You can keep that donut, or you could trade it. for whatever I put in this box. I'll take the box. You'll take the box, <laughs> all right. Let's open up the box, see what's in there. And a hundred dollars. Here you go, bro. All right. He made the wise choice. It's there, a hundred dollars. First two services took the donut, okay. He took the hundred dollars. That was good. No, that's good. It's yours. Have fun. Go buy yourself something nice. Buy something for your wife. Okay. Now, I thought this weekend was cost me four hundred. Only cost me two. Only two people took the. the, the okay. It was funny because Saturday night I, I said to, uh, you know, I told Tony what I was going to do, you know, worship leader, and, and he goes, you know, that'll be cool because no one's going to take the box because no one trusts you, you know. <laughs> do he goes no they're gonna think you put a piece of manure in there or something and you know but here here's the here's the point of this is is this is God tells us that he's got a box okay he's got a box up there and unlike me where I, I just have this box and I go you know what I'm not gonna tell you what's in there he tells us what's in there he goes the things of this world you know this it's this worldly wealth he says, that's very, very little. I'm just seeing how you do with it. And if you do well with it, I've got this box for you. And I promise you, these are true riches in comparison to what's in that box. But a lot of us, we don't trust. It's just like what Tony says. We think he's going to open that box. It's going to be a pile of manure or something that we just go, what am I going to do with that? Like we don't trust that it's really something better. But do you really see, you see, just like a, so I still have $100 left. Um, so here's $100, I want you to look at something. Here's a donut, and here's $100. Look at the two. Okay? 
that's a comparison. Ah, oh, this is the first time I've actually touched the donut. It's like all hot and... No. <sighs> <sighs> mm. <laughs> I've been looking at them for four services, so... <laughs> I figure I deserve it. Now, I'll make a point of it. No. Now, the point is this, okay? <clears throat> point is, that was a great donut. <laughs> but for the rest of the day, if, you know, like the people that chose the donut, the other services, they ate it, you know, they sat in their seat, they ate it, and the rest of the day they're going, oh, why did I do that? You know? And, uh, you know, and I, and I just really believe that's what so many people are going to do. You know, that donut's right in your face. You got all this stuff on this earth that looks so good. I mean, it really does. I mean, it's so tempting. It's right there in your face, you know, but then, you know, for all of eternity, you know, just like the people who, who took the donut, you know, like last night and this morning, the rest of the day they're thinking, gosh, that was dumb. Man, that was dumb. And for the rest of the week they're thinking, that was really dumb, you know? And the whole idea is, is I, I believe that's what heaven's going to be like. As people will look back on their life on earth and go, that was dumb. That was so dumb. It was just there in that face. You know, everyone made it look so good. All that stuff looked so great. I could have just given it to the kingdom. And think of what I would have had up here. Think of what I would have had. This is like those people who ate the donut and go, well, you know, can I trade you now? You just ate it. You know what? <laughs> how, how, you you want to trade back? I mean, it's, it's too late. And that's what heaven's going to be filled with, is, is you know, people go, oh, why did I do that? Can I do something now? No, it's too late. I gave you a little task there on the earth. I gave you a little bit of money, a few thousand dollars a year. I just want to see what you would do with it. You spent it all on yourself. It didn't do any good for the earth. And now you're expecting me to entrust you with true riches? He goes, who's going to do that? Because this is very important that you get this. Um, and I really want everyone in this room to get this, this point because, okay, see how I'm talking to you right now? Looking you in the face, and we got this relationship. You know, some of you, I, got, I know you better than others, but 100 years from now, those of you who, who are believers, we're still going to have a relationship. I'll still be looking at you like this. Isn't that weird? Isn't that a weird thought that 500 years from now, We'll still be together for those of us who believe. Get used to me. Okay? I, I mean, think about that. I, I, I don't think about that a whole lot, but oh, what, an, uh, what an amazing thought. We're going to spend eternity together. And, and I don't want you going, well, you know, when we were on the earth, you didn't really explain how much better you know, or how minute or how ridiculous. No, how many times have I said life is a vapor? Okay, it's a donut. You eat it, it's gone. Okay, your, your house, I don't care how nice your house is, it's a donut. That's all it is. Okay, you can play with it for a little bit and it's gone. Okay, and you go, oh, no, no, but mine's really nice. Okay, you got a donut with sprinkles. You know, <laughs> you guys, really, that's, that really is what it boils down to. And seriously, I don't want you looking at me a hundred years from now going, well, you didn't tell me it was that big. It's that big of a gap. 
the things of this earth, as we talk about it, then we're going to say, that was so stupid. That was so dumb. I just got so into the things of the world. I'm saying, let it go. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. Okay? And so, so later on, well, I'll go, see? You know, we were right. That, that was nothing down there. That really was very little, just as scripture said. And that's what I want to do with you, you know, 100 years from now. I'll go, we were right. We gave it up for the kingdom. Look at the people we, you know, we actually used our money for. Look at the people we fed. Look at the people we reached in our own community. Look at all that stuff. It was worth it. And look at our reward now. That's what I want. That's why this is so important. It's also important because I don't want you mooching off of me for millions of years, you know. Look, can I wear one of your crowns? You know, um, <laughs> the whole point is we are all, we're all going to be there. And we got to think this stuff through. This is reality, okay? This is not some blind hope that we have. I mean, do you really believe this stuff? And does the way you spend your money show that you believe this stuff? Jesus says, if I entrust you with very little, if, if, if you can't be trustworthy with very little, how am I going to trust you with true riches? And, and the question I want you to ask about that is this. As God looks at how you have managed your money throughout your lifetime up to this point, would he say, hmm, he or she's been trustworthy with what they've been given? Think about this. Would God consider you, if this were the last day of your life, and it could be, your job's over today, and uh, would God say you were trustworthy down there with the money I gave you, that very little stuff that you guys played with on the earth, so I'm going to give you a ton up here? Or would he say, you couldn't even handle money? I gave you that, and you wasted, you spent it all on nothing. So why would I entrust you with more up here? for all of eternity. This is serious, serious stuff. He goes on in uh, verse 13, and he says, No servant can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. And he said to them, You're the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men. But God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. Okay, first he says, you, you can't have both. Okay, you can't say, well, I just, I, I want all this money, but I also want God. Because you, you can't have those two as masters. They're mutually exclusive. Okay, you can't be out to get everything you can for yourself and also, you know, get everything you can for God. It, it's one or the other. You're going to end up being devoted to one and hating the other or, or vice versa. You know, one, one, uh, one quote I read was that uh, said, money is a wonderful slave but a terrible master. And that's exactly what this passage is saying. It's a wonderful slave. You can use it as the Bible commands us to. Use your worldly wealth. Use it. Let it be your slave. Use it to do wonderful things with your money. Not selfish things or whatever else, but to do wonderful things. It's a great thing to use. It's just terrible when it consumes you and it becomes your master and you are after it. You're, you're just wanting to do whatever you can to, to please it, to get it, to get more of it. And God is no longer your master. 
And then it says that the Pharisees hated Jesus' teaching because they loved money. See, see there are people who say, eh, I can't stand when the church talks about money. Why? It's just money. It's just stuff. Why does it bug you so much? Is it because you love it? Yeah, yeah, and I understand. I mean, I, I understand, you know, you, I, I see some things on TV, you know, some of these guys asking for money, and yeah, that, that's detestable to me as well, you know, the misuse of it. But, uh, you know, this is just, it's just money we're talking about here. And it could do some wonderful things. We could reach a ton of people with this stuff. And he says to those Pharisees, he says, you are the ones who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your heart. See, you can always justify your spending before people, but ultimately God knows your real heart. You can, you can make me, I can make you, you know, sound like we're such saints with our money, but ultimately God knows our hearts and knows if we really love the things of the world and that's why we get the stuff for ourselves or, or if we really love him and put, put our heart and treasure in heaven. See, that's the issue. It's the heart Okay, it's not, when Jesus talks about money, the bigger issue is always the heart. He says, God knows your heart. What would you say? What, what percentage of your heart is in heaven right now versus the rest of that 100% that is on the earth? When you think of your mind, you know, and your focus, your direction, and the things you're pursuing, how much of that is, is about heavenly things and how much of it is about things on earth? What do you focus on the majority of the time? Would you say, you know, I'm 10% you know, focused on my home in heaven and 90% focused on things of the earth? Or I'm 80%, I'm almost always thinking about the future life. I'm, I'm a person of the light. I'm thinking about the future, about heaven. And only about 20% of the time am I thinking about earthly things in my earthly home. Give yourself a percentage right now in your own mind. What percentage of your heart is in heaven? God knows. You know, that, that last phrase, too, he says, um, what is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. The things that people value, you know, that they highly value. God says, you know, that's sick in my eyes. I was watching, a, I caught the tail end of a show this week. You've seen a show with Donald Trump. Okay, it's, uh, it's called The Apprentice. How many of you guys have seen that? Okay, all right, a lot of you. It's, it's a show where all these guys are vying for a job. I, 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 don't, I don't know all the details, but... Because they're trying to get the job with Donald Trump. And so all these people, I don't know how many people they started with, but each week they fire someone. They get rid of someone just saying his performance isn't good. The whole idea, the last person standing gets a job with Donald Trump and I guess he'll make millions of dollars. Um, and, uh, and, and this week, you know, it was down to like five people and they fired one more. 
And then two of the people, you know, the two top producers, they, you know, Donald Trump rewards them each week. And this week they got to fly on his jet and, you know, and it's just awesome. You know, it's like this full blown, you know, one of those major passenger airplanes, but everything's gutted. And it just has this huge, beautiful living room. Everything's plush, you know, couches and, you know, TVs and a bar and, you know, bedroom, bathroom. I mean, it's just, just plush. You, you forget you're in a plane. And then they, they, they fly them over to one of his palaces, which is just outrageous. You know, just millions and millions and millions of dollars, just ornate, gold everywhere. Just, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. But, uh, you know, it's hard humanly not to go, oh, that'd be fun, you know? And, and yeah, it would be fun. You know, just like that donut, it was good, you know? And, and you, but you look at all that stuff, and, and, and I, I don't know, maybe it's because I was studying this passage this week, but I really could look at that mansion and look at that plane and look at all the money this guy goes and goes, it's just a donut. I mean, it just didn't appeal to me. The things that are so highly valued by people, can you have the same heart of God where you just go, it's just stuff. There's nothing great about it. It's just stuff. Because the real point is this. Who's going to die first? Me or Donald Trump? I don't know. Probably Trump. I don't know. He's old. And, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, the, the answer is who knows? Who knows, right? The point is, is we're both going to die. And then when we both die, who's going to be rich forever? You see, it's, you know, we can look at people and observe all this stuff and go, ooh, I'd love to be in their shoes. Really? And just eat it all up real quick? And not ever get to the true riches? Or would you rather just invest, set yourself up for the future? Put your heart, you see, when you start doing that and start giving things to the poor, in fact, some people, they, uh, they interpret that passage of, you know, you know use your, your, your wealth to make friends for yourself, you know, so that you'll be welcomed in eternal dwelling. Some people interpret that as, you know, giving your money actually to the poor, you know, and so that when those poor believers are in heaven, they actually welcome you in and go, hey, I remember you. You know, you gave me a hundred bucks at service. You know, and they'll remember <laughs> the things that you did at a place where there's true riches. You know, which is a totally possible interpretation of that passage as well. But the whole idea of, um, you know, are you, are you doing that? Are you setting yourself up? That's the point of this passage. Are you ready for eternity? Would God say, you know what, you've done great. You've done great with your wealth on earth. Let me give you some real rich now. Real riches. I hope so. And I hope we spend eternity going, oh, that was worth it, huh? That was dumb. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I gave that up. Because it was nothing, and it's over now, and forever.